Thank you guys for coming back. We are in the midst of an intermission from an evening at the movies where we are discussing the three amigos. And I'm glad you guys are coming back for part two. So without further ado, let's get into the plot and review for this movie. And I'm glad you guys are back. So here you go. Part two, three amigos. Peace. three amigos i'm saying the because that way you know there are well anyway doesn't matter um three amigos is the movie but i'm going to refer to them as the three amigos so we open um with you know a, a fight scene and you know it's it basically all this stuff they're fighting and they're they're being the heroes and then you know you come to find out it's a that is how it opens, right? Um, the movie with their, opens. it opens with their with their song, right? Or does Basically, it open? Basically, they're riding through the desert and they sing the freaking song that you right. haven't heard yet, but will hear before we get to this point because I will yeah. be adding opening and closing music to said episode before it drops. But and as soon as they do their, they sing their three amigos theme song. Then, then it goes to to the Santa Poco. Yeah, cut to the village in Mexico and Carmen and her brother. Yeah. Rodrigo, okay, so or whoever yes. are they go into the um yeah, the well, I guess it would be considered a church and they're playing a silent picture. <laughs> That is one of the three amigo movies right so we will get to it at the end don't let me forget but for for those that are wondering my trivia question will center around the opening sequence so 
Yes. So Carmen and her brother have gone to town. They're looking for people to help them um, fight off the oh. awful El Guapo who has threatened their village. Um, they go to the cantina. Everybody laughs her off. One guy says, blah, blah, blah. I'll help you. But first you have to help me. And we know where he's going. So they leave. Um, they're standing in the middle of town and she says something about God will help us. And that's when they hear the church bells and they go into the church and everybody's watching a, a three amigos movie. So at this time films are on a reel, they are black and white and they have no sound, but they're watching the movie. They see the three amigos and they're defeating their enemies, um, in a Mexican town, much like the one that they're in. And I will never understand this because for the life of me, I don't know how Carmen didn't know this was entertainment. I don't understand why she thinks the three amigos are real, you know, vigilantes or crime fighters or whatever, but she does. So evidently, um, Lauren Michaels and Steve Martin and Randy Newman just know how to write a completely moronic character to the T. I mean, you're sitting there watching a movie. It's not a newsreel. I don't know how, but whatever, for whatever reason, she thinks I mean, they it works need the Amigos. Story, though, because without her yeah, but... naivety, the movie just doesn't work. Obviously. So oh. she sends a telegram um, to the three Amigos. And by this time, they are facing the studio executives who want them to do a movie they don't want to do. And so... Um, <laughs> pre-SAG. Yeah, pre-SAG. Um, Pre-union. So they quit. Um, so one of the parts I love here, so when she's sending the telegram um, and the guy tells her infamous, um, and what does he say? He's like, infamous means like they're you know, well, yeah, but for you're not, you're not strong famous. and powerful, and... you're infamous, right? So, when she sends a telegram, she's thinking it means like all this strong, powerful, whatever. And then, when the amigos get the telegram, they're like, infamous, <laughs> what is infamous? And what does he say? This is it's like, like you're, you're, so, you're so famous that you're, you're so famous that you're infamous, yeah. I mean, they don't really explain it very well, and obviously it leads to the moronic brain capacity of said three stars of this movie, who probably are three of the most intelligent people in the freaking world. But you know what? I disagree with you. I Are you insinuating Steve Martin's a dumbass? No, not with that part. I don't, I don't think the joke is moronic. I think it's... Uh, I would say, so this movie is very slapstick yeah, and very, you know, a lot of potty humor jokes, but also there's a lot of jokes that to me have the same essence as Clue, where it's like, if you're not really paying attention, you won't even hear it. But if you hear it, you're like, oh shit, that's funny. Like, well, and it, it reminds we'll, me a lot of Clue in that way. We'll get to one here rather quickly that, well... We'll get to them arriving in Santa Poco. Yeah. So the Amigos have decided uh, they will not do what the studio wants. The studio fires them. They take the clothes off their back. Um, but for some reason, leave them the hats. <laughs> I don't know why. And so they the get underwear the underwear that they're wearing. And the underwear. 
Um, Which obviously so get, is more than underwear because this is like. Well, think, yeah, underwear back then is shorts and a t-shirt. Well, I think Steve Martin was actually wearing a full-on like cloth onesie underwear t-shirt thing. Oh yeah, maybe. And a and a freaking brown derby hat. <laughs> and it's like yeah, you know, they let them keep the hats. So go figure. They get the telegram, and because Carmen couldn't afford to pay for the whole verbiage of what she wanted to say, the telegram writer chopped it up a little bit. So little when bit. the amigos get the telegram, well, they because, read it. Well, and it probably would have become a lot more clear if they'd gotten like. I believe it's a hundred peso long telegram that she actually makes it pretty fairly clear as to what they need, but then it all gets reduced down to like the 10 peso version, which has like 90% of the freaking verbiage chopped out of it. So you're basically getting three amigos, Hollywood, California, you know, basically Come to Santa Poco, take on infamous El Wapo, put on and show. So they put on a show. And that's it. I mean, because if you add in the, you know, because I believe the original message had put on a show of your strength and power. And I mean, if that had been included in the final message that they received, it might have been a little bit more clear about what was expected of them. Right. So, all right, back to your plot. So, yeah, so they get the telegram and they think that they are being hired to do a show. So, so they... Being a stage movie performance, but yeah. Right. Just so there's no miscommunication about what we're trying to say. <laughs> So they um, sneak back into the lot to steal their costumes. And this is one of my favorite parts because to this day, this is something that I do. Um, Steve Martin's up on the ledge. He's trying to get their attention from down below. And he's like, woo, woo, hey, woo. He's like making all these noises. And he's like, look up here, look up here, look up here. Well, yeah, I do that all the time when I'm trying to get somebody's attention. It goes from like a little soft whistle to a little bit more of a whistle to a bird caw to an owl <laughs> hooing to, you know, a loud bird cawing to, hey, guys. Hey, and guys. <laughs> like, oh, you're talking to us. And literally if, when the camera pans back and you actually see the amount of distance between the three people he's literally like five feet maybe <laughs> above right there <laughs> i mean how could they have not heard him right but, i mean that's part of the joke of the whole scene though too right yeah so. anytime i'm trying to get somebody's attention like you know slyly i'm like look up here <laughs> Um, so, um, George Kohlhofer, we may need you to confirm said story. <laughs> he knows. I do it. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he knows, and I'm sure he will back up everything that you say. So, they go to um, Santa Poco, and before they get there, we see the bar, and 
or the cantina and everybody's hanging out and in walks Emilio Earhart in his plane get up <laughs> the German. Yeah. And um yeah, he's not well received and ends up killing somebody and says uh he's looking for El Guapo. And he says, My friends will be arriving shortly. Please show them more courtesy than you showed me. They're not as nice as me. <laughs> um and so then after that is when the Amigos arrive. So when the Amigos walk in, all the people in the bar are scared because they have seen the German kill a bunch of people and they think yeah. they think these are the friends. The Amigos have no clues. So they just walk in, they saunter up to the bar and they're just like, um, I can't remember exactly what, they, what they're asking. They're like, okay, well, as long as we have time to kill, can I have a beer? And he's like, we don't have beer. We have tequila what's tequila it's like beer <laughs> yeah i know my share of beer and i've also had my share of tequila yeah they are nowhere near the same no 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 so that part's funny they they all take their shot of tequila they turn around they look normal and they turn back around and they're just like Bleh. <laughs> yeah um so the whole bar is really quiet and awkward. These guys and the amigos are like, "What's going on?" So Dusty goes over to play the piano, and this is when we get our little song and dance of "My Little Buttercup" from Lucky and Ned. And the people in the bar are so scared that when they call on them to sing the words, there he's like, "My little buttercup has the sweetest." The guy's like, "Smile!" Like he's all scared. He's like, "Don't hurt me." Um, Even so that, the bartender when. They add him into the freaky I mean, Yeah. They try and point him. He's like, sings his little, my little buttercup. Yeah, he's so cute. Um, so that whole scene is really funny. And then um, they leave. And this is another joke that I love when they when they go outside. Good. I'm glad um, you were going to reference this because <laughs> the sophisticated joke that so sophisticated well it's not sophisticated <laughs> it's but not it took me a long time after i first saw this movie to freaking get the joke oh yeah i totally didn't get this when i was a kid um because there's a plane that flies overhead and they're all like oh wow a plane what's it doing here and he's like that's not and ned's not like, like that's not just any plane that's a hubman 601 i believe it's called and he's like well how can you be sure and he's like i think it's a mail plane and they're like well how can you be so sure and he's like didn't you see the little balls i'm like <laughs> huh i mean i didn't get like, mail m-a-i-l mail m-a-l-e m-a-l-e's have balls and I love that he's laughing like he's cracking himself up like because it's, the it's so joke funny. Ever been written, and it takes the other two of them like five minutes to start laughing. Like they don't get it. <laughs> it's a male. They plane. all end up laughing, and then even after they stop laughing, he's still <laughs> trying to, you know, <laughs> aggressively gain regain his composure because that was such an amazing joke. And hats off to me for coming <laughs> up with it. He's like crying, laughing. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> a male plane. That's just so good. 
Okay, so they eventually meet up. Uh, they find Carmen. She takes them back to St. Tepoco and, you know, is telling them about El Guapo and whatever. And they're still thinking they just have to put on a show. Um, so I love this scene, too. They're eating dinner with her family. Dusty trying to eat that taco. Oh, my God. Everything is just falling out of the taco because he doesn't understand how to eat it. And he's like, do you have anything besides Mexican food? <laughs> Well, yeah, because I mean, again, this is like uh, 1916, I believe, and you're in Mexico. I don't think they have freaking Pizza Hut down the street that's, you know, <laughs> 30 minutes or it's free. You know, you pretty much stuck with that country's natural yeah. cuisine. But I mean, have you ever picked up a taco and all the stuff just fell out? Like, <laughs> he was like uh, everyone that's tried uh, to eat a taco and didn't know how. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've eaten plenty of freaking tacos that everything has fallen out of the damn taco. <laughs> Ironically, until about six or seven years ago when I learned that, like, I went into, I believe it was Taco Bell or no, Taco Time one time. And how they fold the ends of the burritos in mm -hmm. and then roll it. I'm like, well, why couldn't you just do half of that and then do what, like the end and fold it in and then wrap it up? <laughs> and then, oh, look, there's nothing to fall out of the bottom. You got a half burrito, half taco. You got a taquito. <laughs> you got a taquito. No, that's just a burrito. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, anyway, I mean, it, alleviates the insides falling out all over the freaking place exactly so they uh they stay at the hotel um or at the at the at carmen's parents house i guess and all three yeah. of them are sharing a bed which is just hilarious um, Yeah, because if people remember classic tv from back in that well obviously not that era because they didn't have tvs back then but even like 1950s like <coughs> leave it to beaver and all those like all the freaking moms and dads slept in separate freaking beds <laughs> i love yes. lucy separate beds you know it was a long time before parents slept in the same bed probably brady bunch yeah but again opening rabbit hole not going down it so back on track <laughs> so yeah the three of them are sharing a bed and then um the next morning they get woken up and there's like okay el guapo's men are here it's time and they're like we don't even get a rehearsal like what the heck but they come out and they you know do their thing they get on their horses and they're like uh you what does he say beside you uh, uh son of a motherless goat but what does he say before that Okay, so not to spoil anything, but actually it will cut down on the length of the next segment of this show. But um, one of my favorite lines from the movie is them confronting El Guapo's man and um, Lucky opens the quote-unquote scene that they're in with the men at, well, you slime-eating dogs, you yeah. scum-sucking pigs, scum-sucking pigs, sons of a motherless goat. 
And they're just like, what? Like, huh? Son of a motherless goat? <laughs> they're like, like they're they're so confused. Yeah. Like, who are you? And then Ned goes with his uh wherever there's suffering, we'll be there. Wherever there's injustice, and blah, blah. and he's You'll like find that, yeah. Line? <laughs> he's so mad that he forgets his line, and then Dusty has to feed him his line. Um then and he just like, kind of all nonchalant, just and then and then Ned delivers the line and yeah. The three amigos, and then you know they they start running around on the horses, shooting their guns. They're just like they're being so stupid. Arriba, arriba! Like so. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. um... (laughs) Not good at the whole racial profiling. No, this movie's got some bad racism. I mean, they've even got white guys playing Mexicans with just like dirt on their face to make them look Mexican. Like it's not a good look. But yeah. We're not ignoring that. We're not discounting it, but we're just going to appreciate the movie for what it is during its time. So um, so the guys are like, should we kill them? Like, no, let's go back to El Guapo and, and tell them what happened. So they leave and the Amigos are like, okay, cool. Um, and easy. the whole town thinks they've saved them. Or the Amigos are like, oh, that was a good show. And Ned's like, I forgot a line. He's like, it's okay. You, you fell back into it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, so the guys are still thinking, hey, we did a good show. And the town's like, hey, we're saved from El Guapo. So they have a party that night and there's all kinds of funny stuff going on. Um, another favorite line is with Dusty and, and she, she's like, would you like to kiss me? And he's like, sure. And then they sit there for like an awkward 15 seconds, probably. And he's like, now? He's like, oh, we can take a walk and you can kiss me on the veranda. And then he goes, uh, the lips will be fine. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, so funny. And then um, uh, Lucky doing all his lasso tricks and all that. And then uh, Ned telling his stupid story to these little kids that are all just, they look so freaking bored. It's just adorable. <laughs> so, yeah. Um so they all go to bed, and then the next morning, El Guapo actually shows up himself with his men. Um, so the guys are super hungover. Carmen runs in, El Guapo is here himself. You must fight him now. And they're just kind of like, what, what? But okay, we got to do another show. Matinee. Um, <laughs> so they go out, and they pull the same stuff. They're doing the same dialogue, and El Guapo's just kind of like, what? And then he, uh, uh, Lucky's like, tell us we'll die like dogs. And he's like, what? It's like, you want to die like dogs? And then I love the way he says it. He goes, you will die like dogs. <laughs> the emphasis was like, you will die like dogs. Like he's telling them that and they're still like, oh, we're acting. <laughs> um, so they continue to do, <laughs> right. They continue to do their thing. They start riding around shooting and I love El Guapo. He's laughing his ass off. He's like, these guys are funny. Just kill one of them. <laughs> well, so, yeah, yeah, Wapo. I don't know how Mexican the actual actor is, but I mean, he really during giving this performance, he really camps it up. Because I mean, yeah. like when he's he's like, I like these guys. These guys are funny. <laughs> Just, Just kill, kill one, one of, of them. 
I mean, I hate El Guapo because he's the villain, but also, God, he steals the show. He's just so funny. <laughs> I can't stand it. Um, but yeah, so he says that, and Hefe uh, shoots Lucky, and it hits him in the um, oh. arm. He falls off the horse, and so they're all like, hold it, hold it, hold it. And then he realizes his ble- he's bleeding. He goes up there, and he's, you know, he hits Hefe, give me that, give me that. He's talking about his gun. <laughs> he's, Hefe looks all confused. He hands it over to him. He's like, turns around real bullets like you guys are in a lot of trouble and then he realizes they're wearing a million bullets and this is in fact a real scenario and yeah so he's all like turning around walking back to the other guys like it's real it's real (laughs) this yeah it's not a show this is real they're going to kill us (laughs) and then they all start crying (laughs) like for Rickin' Babies. Oh, it's so funny. Um, so they're like crying and crying and um, they go back to El Guapo and they're like, we've made a mistake. Please just let us go. Please don't kill us. And he's like, okay, well, I don't kill crying women. I only kill men. So yeah, go ahead and go. <laughs> so they leave and come back later after El Guapo as kidnapped Carmen. Yes. And I love when he's talking to Hefe about Carmen and Hefe's like, well, why don't you just take her? When you want something, you just take it. It's like, Hefe, you do not you, understand women. You, you cannot paddles, force you the petals paddles. of a... If you want food, you take the food. When you want a woman, you just take the woman. <laughs> exactly. He's like, you cannot force open the petals of a flower. When the flower is ready, it opens itself to you. He's like, so when do you think Carmen will be will open up her flower to you? And he goes, tonight, tonight or I will kill her. Cracks <laughs> oh, me up. Okay, sorry. Um. So ultimately, the guys decide that they need to go back, which uh, kudos to Ned. He basically takes a stand and he's like, what do we have to go back to in California? No jobs, no house, no nothing. Right. And he's like, here, we could actually do something. Um, so they decide to go back. And then you get this really, I, I'm not sure how I feel about this scene in the desert when they're camping. It, I don't know. It's fine, but it's just a little weird to me. They're eating bats that they caught and fried over the fire. And then Chevy Chase sings a song. And then, oh, is it before or after that they come on the singing bush? Like, Yeah, they haven't uh, got the singing bush yet. Um, their, their whole journey back is the only part of the movie that I think is just a little weird. Because um, well, the whole journey from Santa Poco to El Guapo's place is kind of weird because like the the uh, the original three that showed up for the first quote-unquote show they show up on one morning and then run back to El Guapo to inform him about the Amigos and they're back there in like well obviously they go and they're already all the way back with El Guapo and his 50 men in a day 
but right yet ned and lucky and dusty take off and they travel all this time well they make reference to it at the fire that they travel like three or four miles and they had to go back for directions and then right whatever but you know they have this significant period of travel and then they have the campfire cheesy let's sing ned yeah. a lullaby and put him to sleep song because he's scared of a coyote <laughs> howl but you know what's funny he's scared oh. of the coyote but did you notice when they pan out on that scene there's a straight up bobcat just hanging out on the rock behind ned's head uh-huh i'm like uh bobcats aren't uh gentle like no. <laughs> he's scared of the coyote meanwhile that cat could kill you <laughs> in a heartbeat yeah so so yeah, anyway we have a little... like after that then you have the whole marathon like trek through the middle of nowhere freaking desert i mean i don't want to yeah. fast if you had more from the campfire stuff go ahead no i mean that was yeah i that scene was just okay for me i mean it was kind of cute but it was also just kind of like meh i didn't really it need it was, so. but it's one of those ones where i think the producers could have snip snip and taken yeah i don't, I don't think that needed to be in there it would have been the movie would have worked just as fine right so, okay my next point though after that you wake up the next day and you have the three of them are literally trekking through like wide open no freaking mountains no rocks no freaking nothing just flat arid desert you have they're all freaking obviously overly dehydrated and dripping in freaking sweat um ned isn't isn't this before the campfire part no it was after oh okay no either way Ned takes his canteen and goes to take a drink and all that comes out of it is sand all up in his face and in his mouth. Oh. And Lucky tries to take a drink from his canteen and all he gets is air. <laughs> and then the next one being Dusty takes the lid off his canteen and he just drinking forever <laughs> as water sloshing in his face and all falling those. off the sides of his mouth yeah and they're all just sitting there uh, and after he's done drinking he just takes a canteen and throws it away he spits some out and then he dumps oh, yeah. the rest of it on the ground and they're just like they're like, you like he gargles it and spits it out and then he turns around and looks at him because he's sitting he's gotten a thing of lip balm out and he's putting you know lip balm all over his obviously lips so that they don't chap because of the heat and the guys are looking at him like obviously they wanted the extra water but not going to get it now and he looks over and notices him, he's like oh lip balm <laughs> so and it's like you heartless dick yes so, so then uh, it's the next day. Oh, uh, well, I mean, if you want to talk about the singing bush, go ahead. If not, I'm going to bypass it. Well, I mean, there isn't weird. Really a whole lot. I mean, it's probably another one of those things where you could have just written the scene as the people of Santa Poco give the three of them the directions to El Guapos. But 
I don't get the point as to why you had to add the singing bush is the only person they have to go to the singing bush <laughs> do a three-part magical chant that will summon an invisible swordsman who will lead them uh, i forgot that part is kind of funny okay <laughs> that will lead them to wapos and it's like they roll up on the freaking bush the bush is singing all these freaking old freaking songs and they're all like are you the singing bush and the bush keeps singing and they're like excuse me hey and it's like oh well i guess it's the freaking singing bush obviously have you ever seen a bush that freaking sings <laughs> and they they do go to do their i'm not even freaking try and emulate the freaking ritual they have to go through but they all do their each one has their little chant they have to do and then they have to fire their guns in the air keyword in the air <laughs> yes <laughs> and ned does his and no not ned lucky does his shoots up in the air ned does his shoots up in the air they hand the <laughs> script thing script notebook over to dusty and you can even tell when he starts doing his because he's pointing his gun already behind him and he does his little and then shoots and it, it's like he shoots the invisible swordsman because he didn't <laughs> he's like how was i supposed to see it's the direction said fire up <laughs> We all fired up. And they're like, well, and he goes to lift up his arm and you don't see anything, but you hear it thud. Yeah. <laughs> We're all like, well, shit, how the hell are we supposed to freaking get to Aguapos now? That was the only way we knew of how to get there. Then the mail plane comes <laughs> flying overhead again, leading them in the direction to El Guapos. Yes. <laughs> as you were back to your job um so yeah so then we're back there and we've got the them setting up for el guapo's birthday and carmen yeah. is in in her yeah. whatever Don't and pass I, over the favorite scene or the favorite line i'm not okay i'm just making sure shut up you shut up okay no don't shut up because i don't have <laughs> notes for this part so i'm getting there i don't i don't know which scene comes first but i'm describing them both together okay well they both right. kind of happen together. so carmen carmen's in her her lockup room and and el guapo's lady uh comes in and talking about you know how you know tonight's his birthday and tonight you'll be his and blah 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 <laughs> this is one of my favorite lines do you know what foreplay is Carmen says no, and she goes good. Neither does El Guapo. <laughs> yeah. That was a line I did not get as a kid, but <laughs> no. So but funny. as everybody grows up, even yeah, men are going to get the joke behind that, and yeah, the fact that most women believe men don't know what foreplay is anyway. <laughs> So then we get to outside where they're setting up for the birthday party and there's all the pinatas. And now we will come to our, our quote that we've been talking about the whole time. Um, Jefe and El Guapo are in Jefe is like, I've put many beautiful pinatas in, in the storeroom. And El Guapo, many pinatas? <laughs> yes, many. I have 
A plethora of pinatas? <laughs> a what? A plethora. Oh, yes, you have a plethora. Hefe, what is a plethora? <laughs> Why, El Guapo? <laughs> of this part. And El Guapo, so, well, you told me I have a plethora. I would just like to know if you know what a plethora is. I would like to think that a person who would tell someone who has a plethora and then tell them that person has no idea what it means to have a plethora. <laughs> it's like he's just trying to screw him over. <laughs> like, And so, of course, then he's like appealing to his uh, ego. Oh, well, Guapo, I know that I, Hefe, do not have your superior intellect and education. <laughs> and he's like, but could it be that you're angry at something else and you're trying to take it out on me? <laughs> And he's all Your like, relationship you... is so cute. Boy, it is. And he's all like, could it be because you are turning 40 today? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's all like, yeah. And he's like, could it be because of this? And he's all like, eh. And he's like, could it be because... And he finally gets to the whole Carmen won't sleep yeah. with you. You don't understand and women. He's He's still kind of, eh, but you can tell on his face that that's a lot of what's frustrating him. And that's when you get the line of, you know, a guapo, you know. Tonight, I will kill her. Why don't you just take her? You know, if you want cattle, you take the cattle. If you want food, you take the food. If you want a woman, you just take the woman. And he's all like, Hefe, you don't understand women. Women are like the flower and yes the blooming and the opening up of the petals and and he's all like well when do you think Carmen will open her petals to you and he's like tonight or I will kill her exactly so so yeah so uh, they're setting everything up and then um they have the party and of course the amigos are coming back and trying to figure out how to do what they're going to do and <laughs> we get the birthday party where um Hefe's like we all got you a gift and El Guapo opens it up and it's like a it's one of those 1990s like v-neck college sweaters which they also had in the 70s very like, heavy weave woven sweater very, too the kind of sweaters that preppies wore over their shoulders tied up which a guapo does it's so hilarious because it's like you think he's going to be mad about this stupid gift but he's actually not like he appreciates it he ties it around his neck and he's wearing it draped over his shoulders with his already must be ridiculously hot outfit <laughs> Yeah, looking like um, a Andrew McCarthy. Yes. So the amigos are coming in and they're all uh, coming down the zip line. Ned gets stuck in the pinatas, so he's just hanging there. Um, Dusty ends up with Carmen and then Lucky ends up somewhere. Lucky um, ends up, yeah, his line is longer than he anticipated, so when he swings down, he just crash lands in the middle of the freaking party yeah on the ground face first so lucky gets captured first they take him away and lock him up and uh, that whole scene is funny him trying to get out of his cell uh dusty there's like this big bdsm freaking <laughs> chain to the wall and mm-hmm. chains run up the wall across the ceiling down to this big 
saw uh yeah saw-esque machine that yes looks like a big huge freaking torture device yeah yeah it's really funny <gasps> oh my god jack's playing with a toy sorry my toy yes oh he stopped he must have heard me i couldn't fully see him i could only see his tail sticking up and like what he does when he oh all right well he's done so your toy's still fine okay okay so um then we have dusty who uh steals one of the men's outfits and goes out into the crowd to pretend to be one of el guapo's men um which is but, also a hilarious freaking part because yes. el guapo's like I know all of you like i i know everything and he's like oh so and so we did this so and so we did that he's playing with again okay sorry um and he gets to him and he's like we uh uh we burned, burned the, the village, village and uh we raped, raped the, the horses, horses. <laughs> and we rode, rode off the on the women <laughs> and then finally he's like uh, we proved and uh prune the hedges (laughs) who are you who the hell are you (laughs) and he's like it's another gringo (laughs) um so they capture him and then um he's uh uh, was like are gringos falling from the sky and that's when ned falls from the top (laughs) literally falls from the sky yes el guapo Because um, let's be honest, they've already captured Lucky. They yeah. just captured Dusty. They've already met up with these guys. So they do they not remember that there was three of them? Right. <laughs> like, oh, we have two. Okay, that's all. Gringos falling three. from the sky. <laughs> there was three of them when you free, and you didn't kill the three of them because they all took off. Um oh, so They've got them all. Lucky gets out and, you know, he's he's basically confronts El Guapo because that's, you know, the big showdown. I'm going to pump you so full of lead, you'll have to use your dick as a pencil. And he's like, what do you mean? <laughs> um, but yeah, so ultimately um, all this is going on and then the German shows up. They're about to kill them all and the German's like, wait, wait, wait. Like, I know him. That's Ned Niederlander. I, I watched you so much and, you know, you were so fast and blah, blah, blah. And he's going on about how much he loves him. And then he's like, and then I learned about trick photography. Nobody's that fast. And I love Ned. He's like, I am that fast. Like he's, he's not overly defensive, but he's just like, I am that fast. Like, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? <laughs> so they have a duel. Ned wins. Um obviously obviously and ultimately they uh defeat everybody how do they defeat el guapo what happens to him um does he just go away well no he doesn't just i mean they end up escaping el guapo's castle on horses that carmen has rounded up since they rescued her and they end up racing back to Santa Poco, where they have to. Um, oh yeah, that's right. Lucky gives an inspirational speech about how you know. 
we know, all have our own El Guapo to we face. We all have our <laughs> own strengths and weaknesses, and we all have things that are plaguing us. You know, we all have our own El Guapo, but that just so happens that your guys' El Guapo <laughs> is the actual El Guapo. <laughs> and he's all like, we just have to discover what your strengths are and we can use that to our advantage and one of the ladies is like well they ask what can you people do and one of the ladies is like we can sew and they're all like oh okay okay. i don't know how the hell we're going to use this to our advantage but good to know lady and they end up oh wait a minute we did this thing where we created Amigo costumes for an entire village and we used that to defeat the banditos and, you know, win the day. So, again, time frame on how long it takes to get from point A to point B between Santa Poco and El Guapos. Because, obviously, it took the Amigos forever to get there going. But, I mean, they flew back on a plane on one on the germans plane but a wapo is not very freaking far behind them and he's on horses mm-hmm. so but anyway they end up making amigo costumes for everybody in the village so yes. that they can use it as you know trickery to try and you know throw off a wapo and his men because they know that El Guapo has all these men behind him and the Amigos only have three people and the odds are not in their favor. So they have to, you know, figure out a way to even the odds. And by costuming everybody up, they can pop up from all over the village and shoot at the people and supposedly not be able to figure out what the hell is going on. But yeah, ultimately. Right. Um, they, yeah, they get control of the situation and, um, Hefe ends up getting killed and then El Guapo ends up getting shot and he's laying there on the ground and, um, Lucky comes over and approaches him and I don't remember exactly how it's all worded out, so I'm going to just go as vaguely as possible. But Lucky ends up walking <laughs> over to him and with El Guapo's last ditch of energy that he has left in his body before he dies, he ends up... Well, I think he admits again that you know he likes the Amigos and that they're funny. And he ends up shooting Lucky in the foot. And he's like, See, I'm funny too, and then just <laughs> yep. dies immediately. But then Love it. the last scene of the movie being the recreation of the victory scene from the silent picture at the beginning, where the guys are on the horses and the village, the head of the village throws a big bag of money at. Well, it it's not a big bag of money. Yeah, they're supposed to be getting paid a hundred thousand pesos for doing the show, and the village doesn't have a hundred thousand pesos. They were lying just to get the amigos there. Obviously, so they end up throwing like this very small bag of money at Ned, and Ned catches it and looks at him, and you know, throws it back, and 
they do the whole thing about wherever there is injustice, we will be there. Where there is pain and suffering, you will be. We will be there. Blah 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 blah. Wherever liberty is threatened or something like that, you will find the three amigos. <laughs> oh, I forgot before the money thing. They have a whole thing where each one of them gets to make out with a freaking hot Santa Poco in. Of course, and then Lucky's like to Carmen, someday I will come back for you. And she's like, why? <laughs> He's like, oh, I thought that we could. Oh, oh, <laughs> it's so okay. funny. Why? <laughs> and yeah, then yes, then they do the money thing and the, you know, the big speech, and they end up, you know. The horses back rearing up on two legs and you know yeehaw and all that and they end up riding off into the sunset so yes that is the plot description for the three amigos so, such a good movie i love it's, this movie it's so there's so many people that so i will say a shout out to my amazing friend scott Rowe. we love this movie so much his wife megan and my husband george do not care for this movie they think it's stupid and i just you know what you guys are stupid but what's interesting is that george really likes spies like us and while i agree that it's a little bit of a different kind of comedy it's still similar but that whole yeah. era of actors and movies and SNL, it's just all so iconic. Well, I'm not trying to put down any generation of Saturday Night Live because I think each generation has their own elements of greatness. Yeah. But, I mean, to me, my two favorite groups of cast members from that show were always going to be the original not ready for primetime players mm -hmm. and then the next big group that came after that being the Eddie Murphy group who most people if you actually stop and ask them who they remember out of that group the only person they will name is Eddie Murphy yeah I mean I, mean, I would I would say to a lot of those that would be an equal would be like the um you know dana carvey david spade adam sandler uh uh early what is the her late name 80s early, the late 80s early the late 80s. the early 90s era the uh um, yeah. what is her name molly okay. shannon molly shannon thank you and just like that whole era and then of course tina fey amy poehler seth myers like i i feel like you know there's hit and miss there's just there's a few years cluster of years where it's magic and then there's a few years where it's just like meh um i mean the jimmy fallon years were amazing you know it's just you know and even some of them now i mean the um i will say crap what is her name i mean obviously the guy that is colin colin yost love him he's oh, hilarious Jones, yeah um and then um oh what sicily sicily whatever her name is is freaking hilarious like you know they're just 
definitely a hit and miss, but for sure the the early eighties to mid eighties and then two thousand or late nineties, early nineties, just yeah, legit. Cicely Strong, Kate McKinnon, Kristen Wiig, Keenan Thompson, AD Bryant. Yeah. I love AD Bryant, by the way. She does such a spot on impersonation of Adele. I love it. Anyway. So I think we can probably pretty much eliminate this next. I mean, unless you have something out of the ordinary that we haven't already discussed. I think you pretty much covered every one of my favorite lines and parts. No, that, that was pretty much it. I, I got them all in there. Well, I'm not just trying so to many. Whatever, but I mean, I no, love the line cool. at the beginning with where the little kid, when they first get to Santa Poco, asked, um, asked Dusty, can I have your watch when you're dead? <laughs> yes, I, I love that. I think that was the first indication that something might be a little bit off here. Right. But I don't think they were willing to give up on their whole idea of getting paid 100,000 pesos. But I also love that at the end, that little kid is like, Dusty, I'm going to miss you. And he's so sad. And he hugs him. And then Dusty gives him his watch. Like, yeah. I, I, that's just so adorable. But yes, <laughs> can I have your watch when you are dead? <laughs> uh... So we can eliminate that one because we already talked about it. We can eliminate that one because we already talked about it. That one. Um, I do yeah. like when the girls are talking about the guys and um, which one honey is like, like which, which one do you like? The one that's not too smart. Which one is that? Which one is that? <laughs> well, because that's the truth because neither of the three um, of them are freaking smart. Funny. Exactly. Uh, so so yeah. Carmen and foreplay. We've got Jefe and the GIF. We got the Jose and the Burn the Village. We got the Not So Fast, oh Wapo, or I'll Fill You So Full of Lead. You'll be using your dick for a pencil. We got Lucky's Inspirational <laughs> Pep Talk. And then the Weekend. So- yeah, we covered everything. <laughs> and well, we don't really have a plan B. <laughs> we didn't expect for the first plan to work. Sometimes you can overplan these things. <laughs> right. Uh, but yes, so, they, no, uh, you will die like dogs. I love it. <laughs> he's so just like, he's not even, he's just like, oh, you will die like dogs. Like, I love it. So, yeah. Okay. So, Review. plethoras. How many plethoras out of plethoras do you want to give this movie? Um, I go back and forth with this because no, I'm I love this movie so much I can't hold back. I have I'm not gonna I will not go five out of five. But I in honor of Kevin, four out of five plethoras. Same. I love this four out of five plethoras. I don't care how many hundreds of thousands of times I've seen this movie. I literally laugh my ass off every freaking time from beginning to same and yeah so no i it has to be four out of five steve martin martin short and chevy chase are freaking gold it doesn't get much better than that no it does i mean as far as like 
comedy trios go. I cannot imagine a better one. Yeah. And El Guapo was freaking hilarious. Jefe was hilarious. Yes. You know, yeah, granted, the movie may not have been perfectly written and there may be unanswered questions and holes in the plot throughout, but again, like a lot of the movies that we've talked about this month, these are movies that you can put in the DVD player or you can turn on a streaming service and hit play and you don't have to worry about engaging your brain to try I mean, you can, and and it will enhance the viewing experience, but you don't have to engage your brain to enjoy this movie. You don't have to. The good thing about it is that there's there's in-your-face comedy, and then there's subtle comedy. So if you just have it on in the background, you're going to get the in-your-face slapstick stuff, but if you're really paying attention, you're going to get the subtle, more underlying comedy, Uh which is smart. And you don't think that you're going to get that from this movie, but if you pay attention, you actually do. Yeah, no, exactly. And that's herein lies the brilliance of this movie because, um, and it's no offense to Howard the Duck and License to Drive and like Father, like Son and even Labyrinth, but I mean, because I enjoyed all of those movies. I love all of those movies, but this movie, this movie does not get the credit that it deserves to be. I mean, it's not perfect, but you know, it's still written fairly well. I mean, obviously we talked about the couple of questions that I had, but it i think the three stars delivered impeccable performances el guapo delivered a masterful performance jefe is jefe mm-hmm. and you laugh through i mean unless you don't have a freaking soul i don't see how you can not <laughs> laugh at least 50 times throughout this entire movie yeah and it's only like an hour and 40 minutes long. So. No, it, it's it's really, really good. So. If well, you all right. Seen the three of me. If you have not seen three amigos. I'm trying to correct myself. It's <laughs> the correct title. And picture that I shared with Amanda will be posted for proof. Once this episode drops shortly after that way. People aren't wondering, like, with my title page share, what the Mm -hmm. hell is this and why the hell is it on this page? And then you listen to the episode. Oh, that makes sense now. (laughs) Yes. Yes. All right. Well, that was awesome. And I'm always awesome. You and I make podcast magic. Of course. So So, what do you uh, got coming up on Elsa's list? Real quick, I was just going to run through because we're done okay. with um, 80s Guilty Pleasure Month. There was just a few more that I wanted to throw in there for the dozens in case you need more movies to watch that I think are are worthy um, for 80s Guilty Pleasure. So uh, Big Trouble in Little China, 
Thank you, Chris. Yes, I totally hate My best friend's tire. Uh, Labyrinth. Mannequin. And, uh, um, oh, what was I thinking? Um, Earth Girls Are Easy and All Roadhouse. Freaking awesome movie. Yeah, Roadhouse. I mean, I don't necessarily consider it to be a guilty pleasure movie, but I mean, it meets right. 98% of the criteria that we outlined for this month. So, I mean, you have to. I don't even, I mean, it evidently it such a guilty pleasure. I don't remember it ever being in the theater. All I remember is when it debuted on HBO or Showtime or Cinemax or one of those freaking cable channels. Right. I mean, we were really young. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, because we couldn't have been much more than nine or ten at the time. I don't remember exactly what year it came out, but. Yes. Yeah, I, I was just throwing those out there for, you know, we obviously in a month can't cover all the movies, but those are some other ones on my 80s uh, guilty pleasure list. No, but if you're a freaking part of the Facebook group, you know, Casey's going to try and freaking cover every damn Stephen King movie possible in a month coming up in September. Well, good luck, sir. I will help you, but yeah. <laughs> No, I'm, I have my uh, own podcast and a life. No, I'm just kidding. I know, right? Um, I'm not literally covering everything in a month. I mean, I'm taking on a daunting task of trying to deliver two episodes a week for you guys. But it's one. this is one of those months that I've been looking forward to because I came up with this idea before Tim and I even recorded the first episode. So I've been anxiously waiting and counting down the freaking days to when September gets here, when September gets here. And then now that it's here, it's like, yes, this is the time I've been waiting for. And I'm going to freaking knock this month out of the freaking ballpark. Nice. So anyway, before we get out of here, you, uh, El Sip List, what's coming up? Two things. Uh, first thing, I am going to pose my trivia question now that we're done. Uh, yes. Trivia question. And we will post it on the group. And I, I really want people to guess and not actually time it. But you know what? Whoever gets the right answer gets the right answer. How many seconds do the Amigos hold their last note for? When they're like the three, uh, me, uh, wait. Uh, oh, that is good. And so how many seconds do they hold that? So here's the deal. I'm not saying the person that comes the closest without going over, uh, we're going to price is right this thing again. Closest guest without going over will be awarded a prize. Um, I think somebody needs to get it exactly right. I don't think okay. it's that hard. Okay. Well, no, because somebody will freaking cheat. and well, That's true. Time that's it. true. But either way, so somebody needs to get it exactly right. Otherwise, you're going to have to wait until everybody answers. So first to get it right wins it. OK, so I'm not going to say what the prize is, but whoever is the first person to get it 100 percent. Do you have the answer already? I do. OK, um, well, will you DM me the answer? So I'm in the knowledge. I, of both, so I don't want <laughs> I don't want to have to go freaking time that shit. I mean, 
I will I've listen to it. it. I will listen to it again because I have to do. That's the theme song I used for the opening and the intro, or the opening and the outro. Okay. But, okay. So yes. All right. There will so, be a prize. I'm not going to say what the prize is, but first person to get it right, there will be a prize. Get a prize. Did I say there was going to be a prize? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So on the simplest. Question. Yes. Uh, oh, trivia question. Yes. Uh, simplest. So uh, tomorrow, Casey, Jen, and I will be recording our top five favorite movies about teachers in honor of back to school. We're a little bit late, but we'll be good. And Not then always all- because we don't go back to school here until Wednesday. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) Also airing tomorrow, which by the time you hear this, it will already have aired. I have made an appearance on the podcast Moral Combat, where they do bracket style debates of different subjects. And this particular topic was best sports movies. So I went up, I chose Remember the Titans, and I went up against Miracle. So there will be a voting period, which I will post on my page and an evening at the movies. Please go vote for me. I mean, remember the Titans. It's a no-brainer. Um, but listen well, okay. to the episode and, and follow uh, Moral Combat. They're awesome. So, okay, I'm I'm not trying to beat a dead horse here, guys. But um, my dozens, I appreciate what you did for me. But um, I believe we owe our Royal Highness a return favor for the fact that we literally screwed her out of the freaking Barney with Joey debate. Yes. So, n- let's support our own and mm-hmm. go out and support Amanda as she tries to prove that Rem- remember the Titans is a much better sports movie than miracle, which, and trust I- me, it, if you listen to this entire uh, series, there are some movies on this list that are absolutely just garbage, garbage, complete fucking garbage. Like, sorry, Moral Combat, and sorry, David, because I know, David, you specifically put a couple of these trash movies on your list. Some of these movies are horrible. Remember the Titans? But I mean, up against Miracle, I would say in the top two to three of the whole list. But please vote for Remember the Titans and stay tuned to see who wins. Yay, I know who will win because I have all the faith and all the good stuff. So. All right. So I have a question for you before I very briefly do not do what I did on License to Drive. Um, Okay. You and I have talked about, and I actually kind of sort of lightly brought it up last night when I recorded Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't listened yet. Sorry. Well, shame on you. I know. Just kidding. Um, we talked about um, a certain challenge coming up possibly in like a month. Trivia. Yes. Do you want to save that for a later date or? Uh, no, because, um, no, you go ahead. I can go ahead. I can go ahead and let the world know what I'm going to be kicking your ass at next. Okay. 
<laughs> You're so cute. I am so cute. Thank you for acknowledging that on my podcast. Well, our podcast. Mm-hmm. But okay, so here's the deal. I am officially retiring my ass from debating because that's just not my cup of tea. And well, I'm probably going to be why? asking. Huh? Because why? Because I suck. Okay. Would you Continue. Didn't have to kick me in the dick after I said <laughs> you could have boosted my ego back up. Um, well, you can eat a bag of dicks for uh, getting people to vote for you over me on that one. I clearly won. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. You won fair and square. There is no arguing. You won. Continue. So we're going to go back to what originally the challenge is supposed to be or was designed to be. And we're going to do trivia because trivia worked out so well for me the first two times. Trivia is my jam. Well, and evidently debating is not because I win debates, you win trivia. But no, anyway, coming up in October on the SIP list, <sighs> I wanted to give you guys something to look forward to. Um, the challenge has been laid down and accepted, and yours truly and Her Royal Highness are going to throw down but the thing is, is we discussed it and we were like, Amanda is a Halloween number one fan. I am a Nightmare on Elm Street number one fan. It's not really fair for either one of us to go into the other's neighborhood and compete because the other one will get their ass handed to them. Very so we're, go- we're going to meet on neutral ground. And if you are a horror movie fan, you already should have this figured out. But we will do trivia challenge from Camp Crystal Lake and we will go mm-hmm. mono e mono well mono e and mono. Joey Rice we're tagging you in to host this yes attention Joey of Bro Country Podcast Joey we would love to have you come on and try and stump us but you will not succeed because I am not coming into this one as unprepared as I was the last two times <laughs> in all fairness the last two times they went impossible and i'm hoping joey will make it slightly easier on us but you know not super easy joey if you can make the time for us can you develop some softball size question for us to knock out of the ballpark please all right so casey i'm gonna say something as much as you and i have complained about the questions on friends trivia and karate kid trivia who do you think laid the groundwork for that shit? For the tough questions? Yeah. You fucking did. How many guest quarters are in the overlook? <coughs> I was That was that's on you, bro. It's all on you. Okay, but let's be honest here too. Who is responsible and I have beaten this question to death over the last several months since it was supposed to be asked but never got asked. Whose idea was it for freaking the color of science boys freaking pants? To be fair, my husband is an enigma of uh, competitiveness. He is 
he would stomp on a small child to win a race if he was running against them. He is that fierce. He does not want either one of us to win. He wants to destroy us both. So he was a poor choice for hosting trivia, and that will not happen again. <laughs> well, and um, let's and be Jen honest. followed his lead, so she's fired too. <laughs> well, Maybe not. Jen reeled it back in a whole lot compared to some of those questions that she didn't reel it in. She gave, gave it to you. Well, she changed the rules at the very end of the show so that you could catch up. So did George. In your favor. I know. And, and you admitting. still lost, but she did it in your favor and you almost won. Yeah, almost. That karate kid, I, I did almost win. Anyway. Yeah, uh, George is not the best choice for. Um, so here's the funny thing about that. So uh-huh. George and I are both extremely competitive, but he is way worse than me. So when we play games, either together or as a family, he refuses to play games that he knows he can't necessarily win, which is why he will never play Trivial Pursuit with me. And I'm like, um, that's kind of bullshit. And he's like, I won't play games. I, I don't know if I can win. I'm like, Okay, so you're admitting I'm better than you at something. You should still try to beat me. He won't do it. So he stacks the odds, and I don't appreciate that. Well, and let's be honest, Trivial Pursuit, with the amount of questions that can come in each of those games, it could at times be luck of the freaking draw, too. Well, it absolutely is, but that's the fun of it. You can't control the number that comes up on the dice, which means you can't control where the little circle lands on the board and randomly could come up with any one of a thousand different freaking questions (laughs) so we do have one trivial pursuit game that is super interesting i don't even know if it's still available because i've had it for like 15 years but it is trivial pursuit slash texas hold'em so basically it's a trivial pursuit board all the pieces the questions whatever but you can earn money like as if you were playing poker and when you earn a certain amount of money you can purchase pie pieces without having to answer a question so that's how george always wins at that one he doesn't answer any questions he just buys the pie pieces so if george is going to compete against you at trivia pursuit it has to be trivia pursuit texas hold'em yes that's the only way he can possibly win he can't beat me at trivia he just can't well, that, I mean, don't let him hear you say that because he will tell you until he, he knows I beat you at trivia. <laughs> he will play it with me. Yeah. Oh, he does. He pulls that all the time. I beat you at Trivial Pursuit. And I'm like, no, you beat me at Texas Hold'em Trivial Pursuit where you bought all your pieces. I still won, didn't I? Okay, fine. Or I beat you at Friends Trivia. Yeah, Exactly. But honestly, um, so yes, I want to do the whole Friday the 13th thing, but I also want to do like a Trivial Pursuit style thing. Yeah, I think. Where we just maybe have one person does questions or or whatever. I think that would be fun. Yeah, I, I think that could be a little bit more random and less right. geared towards one specific Friday the 13th or 
and we can't research it ahead of time yeah you're literally being caught off guard like i caught you and tim off guard with how many guest quarters are at the overlook (laughs) kudos to me all right so well hey everybody thanks for joining an evening at the movies i am your sometimes host amanda and uh, i am your sometimes co-host casey uh hope you guys had fun hope you go watch three amigos and uh hope you will uh, join us next time for another evening at the movies have a good night guys goodbye one for each other and all for one the three brave amigos are one brother to brother and everyone a brave amigo wherever they need us a destiny sweet us amigos we're Amigos and amigos.